Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you. Next. <laughs> okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. No. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you next energy, yeah? Stun's out. Guns out. What a stunner of a bank holiday weekend we had. I actually had a cheeky little date in the park, Raj. It was nice. Oh, shit. You didn't tell me about this. I will, I will, I will. Saving it for the podcast, were you? Saving it for a podcast. Mm. Nice vibe, bit of a bit of UKG. No, there was no UKG, but it was very nice. And uh, anyway, welcome to Thank You Next. Welcome, welcome. I'm Raj and uh, I get a heat rash when I'm in the sun and I've forgotten to wear SPF. So that makes me feel really embarrassed as a brown woman because I feel like I'm an embarrassment to the brown community. And then actually a lot of brown people bully me about it. I actually got for tube yesterday and I saw my friend and it was sunny and everyone's all like yeah loving it and I was like can we go stand in the shade and I felt like a bit of an embarrassment then because I can't stand the sun either I hate that you know when I've been on holidays with a dude and they're like yeah like we'll take the table in the sun and I'm like no 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 can we have a table where it's like half sun and half shade so I can sit in the shade and these lot they always want to go sit in the sun when they can see I've got sunburn I'm wearing your shirts to breakfast Mm. I'm not wearing your shorts because they look good. Nah, they ain't got no style style in that. They got no style. You got no style, like and but I'm going because I'm burnt, you know? Idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get like hot, like I can't breathe. I'm like (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Wolf of Wall Street, all right. I'm not seeing that. What happened to (laughs) Oh, so you don't even know what I'm doing? Okay. (laughs) Is it sex related? No, uh, God, she's still Sorry. horny, everyone. She's so horny. She's telling me that she's so horny <laughs> that she thinks she's got a UTI. I think I genuinely think I've got myself a UTI from being horny because it was dormant like a fucking raisin. And these days I'm like, yo. Huddy, that's not how you get UTIs. I know how you get UTIs because I'm prone to them. So I think... I got a UTI from being horny. As someone who gets them because you're prone to them, you actually think you've got them from being horny? Yes. Is this misinformation that you're spreading to our listeners? Babes, if you've not had, uh, <laughs> if you've not been, uh, if, you sh- if yours was dormant like mine, yeah, and then it suddenly, bam, then you... What's being horny got to do with getting a UTI? Anyway. Unless you're acting on it. Are you acting on it? Is that what's... Of course I didn't get it in. You think I'd, I'd tell you that straight away? Anyway. So if you don't know, this isn't actually a UTI podcast. Is it not? Dun, dun, dun. What would it be called if it was a UTI podcast? Burning vagina. Burning vaginal vag. Burning vaginal sensations. Oh, God, stop. Oi, oi. Um, so if you didn't know, this podcast is about turning your L's into wins. Because believe it or not, there are actually lessons in our failures. So what we do is we look back at our relationships, assess the damage the L's have done and figure out what they've taught us and say, thank you. Next. 
Sounds like a bit of a risk assessment. Quite like it. Very formal. It's, it's very thorough. It's mm. very thorough, but we don't do it in that sort of a formal way. And when we're talking about the L's we take in relationships, we're talking about all the different L's in the relationships in our lives, our besties, our family, our colleagues. I mean, some people, I don't know, these dickheads out here be mixing business with pleasure. Lol, what a knob. A joke. I've done it my entire life. It's literally my signature move. Raj, I told you this, isn't it? Like, my first boyfriend was from Ireland. I told you told you this no i didn't know he was what doctor yeah doctor me and him worked in work the doctor was from matalan wow yeah and oh i worked in matalan too i didn't just go pick him up in matalan no, we know we know you worked in matalan yeah 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 anyway so on this podcast we chat about the lessons we've learned we take them we hold them up to the light analyze them and see what we can take from them and move on in a positive way. So on today's episode, Radio 1's K.E. Thistleton is joining us. And not only is she a TV and radio presenter, she's also an author, a trainee counsellor and a columnist for Psychology's Mag. So I think she can get into some really deep shit with us, including analysing some of her L's with us. And maybe a little bit of our own behaviour, because we actually had a little chat last week about something you do in relationships, whether they're with your mum or with your new ting. You ask them a question about a burning bridge. It's necessary to ask them, how can you go on without knowing the answer to this? I don't know, but I like to picture a burning bridge scenario and ask them about something they really love. And then also put me on the burning bridge on one side, the other thing on the other, and ask them which one they'd pick, just as a nice little test. There's obviously something wrong here. The thing is, it doesn't actually make sense, because if it's a burning bridge and you're on either side of it, right, technically both of you are going to be fine. It's not about the logistics, it's about which one they'd pick. Okay. <laughs> let's not try and make sense yeah, of yeah, it. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. Um, so I'd just like to uh, think which one they'd pick, which are... As a 29-year-old, there's probably some problems that I need to address. And Katie can hopefully help us. I actually used to produce Katie when she first started on Radio 1. And she used to come all the way down from Manchester, you know, for a show. And I remember being like, the dedication... Not obviously, it's not that far, but I was just like... She was proper dedicated, and I like that about her. And she was dedicated to getting better and learning and being a better human, which makes her perfect for this podcast. Thank you. And we want to hear from you. What do you want to say thank you next to? Email us at hithankyounextpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about the relationship L's you've taken or if you can relate to anything we are chatting about. We actually got a couple of messages from Charlene, Sam, Rachel and Jessica who DM'd us. We actually love hearing from you. So yeah, hit us up. And you can follow us on socials for extra content. We are at Thank You Next Pod. I showed my mum our Instagram this week. I can't believe you did that. I was just like, do you do you actually know what I do? So I showed her and I showed her that clip where it was like me saying um, about men, like you've ripped your mum's vagina. What have you thanked her with or what have you done for her? <laughs> uh, my mum was like, why are you saying this? Why have you said this? And I was like, because men sometimes think that if they buy you dinner, they are owed sex by you. Ooh. And my mum didn't know that. And she this was her yeah, response. Yeah. She was just like... Kutte, which just I can't means believe you showed her that. Dogs. Um, I had to show her. I was like, you don't even know what your daughter does. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's seen you. She's met you. We've had our little fun and whatever. And like, I'm always like, I'm recording. I'm recording. And I was like, this is what I actually do. And I showed her a couple of clips about us talking about our exes. Showed her Erica's review. I nearly started crying when I read Erica's review. Aww. It was so sweet. It's so sweet. But um, yeah, listener, we just want you to know that we appreciate you, man. That's actually so sweet that you showed your mom. She's quite proud. She was like, you know what? this is great because she was just like I don't see other brown women talking about the shit that you lot are talking about so I was like you know what that's really nice to hear from you 
a woman who came from the Find and most people would probably think stereotypically wouldn't allow her daughter to do shit like this, but bang. I love your mum, man. Not every mother is stereotypical. What a don. What a don. She is a bit of a don, you know. Enough respect. Anyway, so shit that went down this week. Raj, your ex's ex followed you on Instagram. I don't know what's going on here. And I actually wanted to put this out to the listenership dem and you yep. to tell me what you think my next move should be. Because my next move, I'm kind of feeling it, right? I'm feeling it. So just to give you context, my ex's ex was my ex's only long-term relationship before me. Mm-hmm. So when I came along and we moved in together and stuff, she was a bit like, what's going on here? And she used to look at my stories in those days. Mm. And Dippet, I don't think she realized that when you look at someone's stories... Yeah, you can see. Sometimes I've got family members. I'm like, are you dumb? I can see you. I'm pretty sure most people know that if you look at someone's stories, that person can see that you've seen their stories. So I kept seeing Alex and he had told me that he had an ex called Alex. Mm. And obviously I had done a social media stalk anyway. I'm not going to lie. Raj, you are the king of social media stalking. Trust me. Like I do, I do that stuff. So I knew who she was and I was like, why is she doing this? And then sometimes I would share stuff with me and him on our stories and I'd feel really weird weird about it so I blocked her yeah I was like I don't need her seeing it I don't know what she's doing and also she had a boyfriend at the time that she was living with as well so I found it even weird I was like what are you doing bro like yeah yeah that's weird and then when we broke up because he didn't really give me closure and I didn't have closure I unblocked her because I thought she's gonna hear about it because I know she I gathered she was keeping tabs on things I thought maybe she wants to tell me stuff because I was under the impression that he was a narcissist and with the narcissist like all the victims have the same shit in yeah in common so I thought maybe maybe we'll talk I don't know and then literally two weeks ago or something she started following me I find it really weird when people who I've got no connection with in the current present moment want to follow I'm like what do you want my friend was like maybe she listens to your podcast I was like, I don't think so. Why don't you just say, hi, how are you? Why don't you break the ice? Her profile's private. So I requested a follow back and she accepted it about a week later. I don't think she's on Instagram how we all are like daily. And um, she's had a baby. I can see she's had a baby. Fucking hell. I was just like, okay, a lot's happening in her life, but why is she following me? And I just thought, shall I message her? Yeah, and just be like, hey, Alex, do you want to talk? I think just say, hey, how are you? Congrats on the baby. How can I ask someone, how are you? But I don't, I've never spoken to her before. Oh, true, yeah. I don't know why you're friends with her friend's ex. I I guess you want the tea, innit? You want to know. I think I do want the tea, but I don't know. But at the same time, I'm also like, does she want to say something to me? I actually want to message her and be like, have you got something to say? Do you want to talk about something? But I think you've got something to say because you want something from her. What do I want from her? But she wants something from me as well, doesn't she? Because she was following me and looking at my stories and- Maybe you both need a bit of closure. Hardip, she accidentally liked one of my posts once. Yeah, my friend once (laughs) did that. She was like going through like uh, someone she was seeing's like their highlights and then accidentally reacted. And I was like, oh, that's so bad. (laughs) So yeah, I just wanted to put it out to you as well. If you think I should message her and be like, hey, shall we chat? Or what do you think I should do? Basically, DM us, thank you next pod, or email us at hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com. Hardeep's first reaction when I actually told her this, not on the podcast, obviously, she actually said, block her. Yeah, everything's blocked. Block her. Yeah, just block. <laughs> like, protect yourself, man. Protect your energy. But it's fine. She's not going to take my. Like, she's had a baby. She's got her own life. I feel like, I don't know, you obviously feel like you need some sort of answer, which is why you're like, you're 
you're there in it. I feel like she's going to be the only other person who knows what it's like to go through what we went through while being with that person. Maybe just start that conversation. Oh God. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> Makes me feel a bit sick as well at the same time. I'm like, oh. Oh my God, should we get her on? Should we get her on as an experiment? <laughs> Have the whole conversation right here. Exclusive next week. Mate, let's see. I could ask her. I could be like, oh, you know, I've got a podcast. <laughs> no, what you said there, she's going to be the only other person. That's powerful, you know? Mm. So sometimes, it, you know, when you do have a shared experience, I don't know, you can help each other heal. But I feel like I've healed and I'm sure she feels like she's healed. But maybe there is something that's just lingering that is just going to put an end to it all. I don't know. Mm. Mm. I can't wait to find out how this goes, mate. Speaking of exes, fucking Diddy and that post. So JLo's moved on back to her ex or whatever yeah benefer are back yeah and on the day or on around the time everyone knows it's happening he posts like a fucking throwback pic of him and her yeah did he need help man i don't know why i think i started googling it i read i found either an article or a radio presenter talking about it and they were saying it was a guy by the way just says to say it's a male perspective and they were saying therefore it's flawed therefore ignore it (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Therefore, it's like you know the brethren, the brother. Oh god, oh, it's <laughs> like, my brother, man. He's not your fucking brother. I'm your brother. It's my broski. It's my broski. I'm your brother. So he he was saying that it's interesting that this is happening because he thought that the reason why Diddy's posted that is because J Lo has got back with one of her exes. Therefore, she's sending a message out to the world apparently that she's willing to get back with her exes. So now all of her exes are shooting their shot with her. When I saw it, I was like, you're so deluded. No, she just because she's open to getting back with her ex, an ex, you, you're two different people, mate. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Don't fucking gas yourself, you dickhead. Actually, we don't know what she's doing with Ben and Ben has had so many issues in the past. Maybe they're just like confiding each other. Maybe they're just hanging out. Maybe it's just comfort. I don't know. Maybe they're just spooning. Who knows? Maybe the D is real good. Maybe. Didn't Ben Affleck play Batman? Yeah, he did. Maybe he's doing the Batman voice in bed. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm joking. Can you do the Batman voice? Um, It's just like really low, isn't it? I was trying to think like there's different. The Lego Batman voice is like, hey, it's me. Batman voice is Batman. stupid. Batman's Batman. voice is actually hilarious. Oh, it's like this. It's like this. I'm Batman. Kind it's of. laughable. Batman's voice is laughable. It's great. It's it's fun though. Batman in the Lego movies is my favorite Batman because everyone takes piss out of him. It's so bad. And like he t- it's like the way that it's done is like to take the piss out of himself, which is great. Oh, that's good. Um, At but, least he knows he's a joke. We are watching the next Batman that comes out because it's Rob Pattinson. <sighs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to the cinema for that one. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are actually, we are actually. When is it coming out? Uh, they were shooting it in the first pandemic, in the first burst of the <laughs> pandemic. So um, I don't know. I actually have no idea when it's stated for release. I don't even know if they film- finished filming because Fuck. he got COVID during filming and they had to shut down production. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Another thing that like we obviously <laughs> saw this week is that we DM'd Corrupt FM. They actually interacted with us on the uh, on the old Instagram stories. I was fucking gassed. Literally probably the highlight of my week. And we thought that you were going to get a date out of it because it looked like it was coming from MC Grinder, whatever the response was. Because it was a very confusing response because it was like, yeah, look at him, look at him. And then it was like, look at my shoulders, look at my this, look at my that. And it was like, hold on. It went from look at him to look at my... So I wasn't sure if they did it on purpose or they because they never drop the comedy. So even when I saw them at the Brit Awards, they were on. They they don't stop. I've never seen them out of character. So, yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to our Instagram page 
at Funky Next Pod. But yeah, basically, are we going to get a date with Grinder? I think the only way to get a date with Grinder is if everyone who listens, every single person who listens, goes on that post, tags them, and asks them if they're going to go on a date with me. Oh, Raj wants a tall with one. Hardy. What's his I name? don't want to go on a date with him. Apparently, yeah. You have a tall one, I'll have Grindr. Imagine that. We we can't just be dating everyone from Corrupt FM. Mate, I'd love it, I would. They can DJ at my parties. I like a garage DJ. That's all I want in my life. Grindr can grind with me. Grind with me. All right, all right. Relax Get a UTI with, with me. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Whoa, whoa. Love Island is also coming back. That's happening. That's out there. You know what? I think I've missed it. The music, the stupid da, conversation. Da, 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 da. Da, da, da. I miss I Ian. I miss Ian's voiceovers. Yeah. Oh, text. Ian's so funny. I've got a text. Mate, I actually I miss it. I, I actually low-key miss it. No, you're right. And I, I I keep seeing on TikTok some of the islanders that have been already sort of announced, semi-announced. Really? Not really announced, but tipped to be in there. And they all look really, really, really good. Really good. Oh, interesting. Like some of them are really hot and some of them just look like they, they probably look banterish. So I was just like, this is going to okay. actually be fun. I actually, yeah, I actually do love Love Island. I'm not going to lie. Mate, I can't wait for us to start chatting about it. Oh my God. I've got my Love Island bottle. Dun, 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 from when I used to work on the show. Oh my God. I, w- I won't be working on it again and ITV2 will never get 2 million likes on a post again. So. You know what? I was thinking about this this week. So I went through Brits, um, their Twitter last night. No, I was going on Twitter and then I saw like AJ Tracy's been like posting pictures that I posted. I was like, I get no credit in any, no one knows it was me. Yeah. It's my, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the one thing about working in social media. It's an invisible job. You invisible literally role. are no credit for any of the stuff I've done. No. The brands get it all. You got to get the, take that credit wherever you can. 2 like, million on a fucking post. That was Raj. You best fucking know. That was, yeah, bro. There you go. This bank holiday, I did go on a wee night out on uh, the Saturday night. And like I said, I can't... This Saturday just gone? Yeah. Cheeky little night yeah, out? Yeah, I can't do more than, than one night, right? And there was a cab journey into town and a cab journey out of town. Mm-hmm. And it was so lovely because, you know, I'm obsessed with those cab journeys where, like, you're listening to good music. Obviously, I was doing the DJing in the cab. That was so fun. Yeah. You know, the windows down and you're just looking at the city. And that is when you have your deepest thoughts, the big aha moments. I had a big aha moment. And I was like, oh, this week, I've been worrying about really dumb fucking shit that I've made bigger than what it actually is and it's got to the point where I've had breakdowns I've cried with hard deep over it I've cried on the phone to two of my friends where they don't even know that I'm crying because I'm such a hard nut if I cry on the phone you won't know about it oh gosh oh get the violins out yeah it's just shit I was worrying about and it's like this is meaningless they are literally ants in in the world they're that small these problems and that the world is so much bigger than what is just around us all the time. And I think the pandemic has made all of our problems so much bigger than what we thought. Because we're in the same stale space. Because you're in the same space. You're in the house. You're going to the same park for walks. You're seeing the same people. You're not going out and about as much. And you don't really get to... I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's like you don't get to dream, but you don't get the perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was out in the car and I saw like the beautiful buildings of, we're driving through Belgravia at the time. And I was like, it looks like Paris. Mm. Like, you know, parts of London mm. just looks like different parts of, and I was like, this looks like Paris. And I was like, London is such a like, 
magical city because you can go anywhere and it's so different. Like mm -hmm. there's the completely hood areas and I think they're still so charming. Like I love them. And then you have like the ones that look like Paris, the ones that look like New York, the ones that look like Mumbai. And it's just like, yeah, why are we letting these tiny little things literally become such big issues in our life when they're literally a speck of dirt yeah. that could be wiped away at any time with Mr. Sheen? Last week I was talking about, thinking about or giving airtime to similar problems that I got. It's like the lens gets zoomed in and magnified and then I had to, I knew I had to go exercise or I had to go do something mm. to take myself away from thinking about those things. And then as soon as you, it's not like distracting, it's like pulling yourself away and getting some perspective. But I always used to find traveling, getting on an airplane, going on a train, actually like going on a spa. Traveling does. You see that, okay, I'm here working in London. Oh, people are just working in Bristol. Oh, I'm here in London. Oh, I've just gone to India and they're, they're living life there. And my problems are just literally speck of dust also not saying no one problems matters but like it's just that thing of sometimes you make them bigger than what they are and that you forget that the world is so much bigger around you and that opportunities for you as well could be anywhere else and not in just these places where you're desperate to make them happen or whatever so i'm talking about obviously it could be a work situation it could be waiting for that dude to message you or call you or ask you out bruh there's seven thousand other dudes out there there's so many dudes. Sometimes you just got to take yourself out of uh, your regular areas, your regular shit that you've been doing in, in pandemic, switch it up, go for a walk in a different town. I don't know. Get an Uber somewhere and just stare at the scenery. Thank you. Next. So now we're going to finally find out what Katie Thistleton is saying thank you next to. Welcome, Katie, to Thank You Next. Thank you, Raj and Hardy. So nice to be here. Thank you. It's so happy to have you on. Uh, and I want to say you're actually my birthday twin. Are you the 13th of May as well? Yeah. Oh, yes. That's so exciting. So are you into your star signs and stuff, Raj? You are, aren't you? I love star signs. I love it. I love astrology. I found an astrology app last night where there's actually astrologers on it all the time. Oh, wow. So I'm not really into it. Like, I don't really know anything about it, but some of my friends are. And I feel like I'm not really very Taurus. Do you feel like you're very Taurus? I'm so Taurus, yeah. It's so funny you say this because it's not like I literally have Taurus traits right in front of me ready to go. Do you? I oh actually God, do. Oh my God, no way. So Katie, well, both of you, would you say you're emotionally strong? Yeah. 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 Independent. Yeah. yeah. But again, like that, that would, these wouldn't be like my overriding features, I don't think. Yeah, yeah I'm independent. Mm, loyal. Yeah. Loyal. I am very loyal. Yeah. Artistic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. so. Yeah. Genuine. Genuine. Yeah. I think I'm genuine. Quick to temper. Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit. So no, I am not like that. This is what makes me think I'm not Taurus because stubborn is always the first thing that comes up and I am the least stubborn person. I'm really not stubborn in your industry like where you're not stubborn about your ascension no because it could be being stubborn in anything like that you're determined and you're stubborn about that determination no I'm, I'm not even really like that <laughs> honestly I don't and then I was discussing this with my friend recently and she was like maybe you're borderline Gemini but Gemini is a I actually came up as a Gemini on this app that I put in and I was really like oh wow I was like, don't you okay. dare call me a Gemini interesting <laughs> <laughs> I I was always very cynical about it and now I'm starting to come around to the fact that yeah I suppose like it, it can make sense and it can be a thing but I was always very cynical and very like how can everybody that was born at that time have these certain traits also my other half is a Sagittarius Wowza. and my best mate is a Leo and she always loves a Taurus yeah Leos get 
on with us. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And actually, my mum's my a Leo as well. Dr. Rod is a Leo. So I, so I was a bit... So I was a bit like, yeah, actually, lots of my close people are Leos. But then my best mate, who is the Leo, said that she could not get on with the Sagittarius. Um, and But that's my other half, and he's great. And she said that they've got, like, serial killer tendencies. Apparently, all the serial killers <laughs> were, like, a Sagittarius or a Virgo or something. No. There's, like, three star signs that all the big serial killers, Ted Bundy, all that lot, they all come into, like, three, and one of them is Sagittarius. But I don't think my other half has any serial killer tendencies. My ex was a Sagittarius. Really? <laughs> what are you, Hardeep? <laughs> I'm a Pisces, and apparently we really get on with uh, Tauruses oh. as friends. Me and Raj have got we we did a test and we were like really compatible as friends and I think we might have done it as romantic partner as well and it was if Raj wanted to be that (laughs) of course I recently found out you're engaged yeah marrying the Sagittarius with or without the serial killer vibes yeah he's he's not a serial killer he's not he's not no no he's very nice (laughs) that's cute can you tell us how it happened yeah he, he he proposed at my 30th birthday party. And I had always been very like, I would hate a public proposal. Like some friends of ours, he proposed in front of like about four of their family members. And I was like, oh, that's so awkward. I'd hate that. (laughs) Um, But I think it's because that was very small and intimate, whereas this was bigger, I guess. But it it was actually lovely. Like I always said, I'd hate a public proposal. But actually it was really nice because all our friends and family were there pretty much. And also what it meant was you didn't have to then spend ages the next day phoning and texting. Oh yeah, telling them. Pretty much everybody just knew. So like we had a party and he did like a speech. He played like a video. He'd made like a video montage of photos and, and videos of me. But that was totally normal because I do that for all my friends and family for their birthdays. That's something I always do. And he sort of said, Katie always makes these videos for everyone. So I thought I should make one for her. And he'd got loads of messages from friends and stuff and family. Um, and then he just started doing like a speech. He said, oh, I've just realized I didn't do a video. And everyone's like, boo. So he was like, so I should, I'll should. i do mine now. I'll do my message now. And I genuinely didn't think, honestly, it makes me feel sick thinking about it. I genuinely didn't think he was going to propose at all. I thought he's just given a nice speech. But then the speech started to get a bit like, he was like, oh, you know, and it's amazing. Like me and Katie work together. He's really fancier. And now I can't believe I'm coming to a 30th birthday party and we've got a house together and our families know each other. And I started to think, because for years, everyone's been like, oh my God, when's he going to propose? When's he going to propose? I started to think, oh no, my friends are going to think he's going to propose here. And then they, they oh. and then they, I was thinking, oh no, they're going to be really disappointed when he doesn't. Because I genuinely thought there's no way he will. And we were going, he, he was taking me to Italy the next day. So I was convinced he was doing it there. And I think, I think that's what threw everybody off. So, and then he was like, anyway, I'll let you speak now. And like gave me the microphone. So I went to like say, oh, thanks for coming and all that. And then he went, oh God, just one thing. And then he went like that to get the ring out of his pocket. And then it took him ages to get it out. Like it was like stuck. So I'm like this. We've got a video of it. One of his friends videoed it. And it's like stuck like that. And then he like opens it up and everyone screams. And then he gets down on one knee and the scream. I love it. I love watching it and like hearing everybody scream when he gets down on one knee. Mate, this is excellent. But honestly, it makes me sick to watch it back like with nerves, imagining how nervous he was. Like I watch it back now, and I, I like gives me such butterflies watching it. Did you cry? I did cry. you cry? Um, I don't think I did cry. See, you are a typical tourist. Uh, but no, I am a crier though. I mean, I cry at the news advert. I cry at everything. So do I. So do yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't cry because I think I was just like too in shock. I was just in shock. I remember oh. I sobered up immediately. You know, when people say that things are, things sober you up when things happen, and then my feet. 
feet were killing because I had these ridiculous heels on, like a six inch heel. And my, all of a sudden I was like, oh, my feet, because you sober up and obviously the alcohol was helping with the shoes. And then it was just a blur. Thank you, next. And we saw you got the vaccine. Just like Reg. I did get the vaccine. Have you got yours as well? Great. I got the first one, got Pfizer. Yeah, same. And you haven't grown a dick on your head? No, I haven't. And I didn't have any side effects either. Like I thought, I thought, oh, I'll be a weakling and I'll be ill for days, but I was fine. Almost a part of me was almost a bit disappointed because I was sort of looking forward to just being like, I'm ill. Oh yeah, vaccine ill. Oh my God, same. Yeah. I was warning everyone. I was like, oh, I might not be able to produce you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I was the same. I was the same. I was like, oh, I was going for bottomless brunch the next day. I was like, I mean, I'll let you know I am girls because obviously I've got the vaccine. And yeah. then I was just fine. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's like a ready-made excuse. Yeah, I actually saw that. You know Bobby Norris? Have you seen he's been getting loads of flack online because he posted about getting the vaccine? Oh, really? People are saying, oh, you've been paid 70 grand to post about the vaccine. <laughs> oh, my God, I wish. I'd love to be a vaxfluencer. I saw actually Danny Howard put on that he got his vaccine. Then he put a story on being like, I've had to take that off because I got so much oh abuse. Oh my God. And I went into my like DMs and I had no abuse. So I yeah, was like... Yeah, it's fine. You've just got a nice audience. <laughs> yeah. I had people being jealous that I got a sticker because apparently they didn't get a sticker. Oh, I didn't get no. a sticker. Did you sticker you Oh, wow. No, I was fuming about that. I had to just take a picture with the card. I wanted oh, yeah. I was saying they should just give us lollies. Like, why haven't they given us lollies? It would be so nice to have yeah, a lolly afterwards. Yeah, it should be lollies. But- Never mind, never mind. <laughs> we were going to say that actually you do so much. You're an author, you're training to be a counsellor, you're a presenter, you've done kids TV, you've done documentaries, you do Radio 1, you've done the... It was a podcast and a, a radio show, wasn't it, with Dr. Rada? Yeah. So you do so Fucking much. busy, mate. And like, yeah, you're booked and busy all the time and we love anyone who chases their dreams and stuff. But like in my experience, me doing like more than one job has often held me back. Like people can't see me as... Because now I'm sort of a presenter. People can't see me as that because they've known me as a producer before. Do you yeah. get what I mean? But it's like, has the fact that you've done so much or you do so much ever held you back? Or has it just been like, it's just worked out? I know exactly what you mean. Because I think when I first, I never wanted to be a presenter. I always wanted to just be a producer. And I uh, well, be a journalist, really. And I sort of trained trained as a journalist and then started working at the BBC behind the scenes. And I got the presenting job. It was just a real random fluke that my boss asked me to go and ad- audition. But then when I started... Started being a kids TV presenter I think I struggled with that for a bit because people were always like what's your niche you need a niche you need a niche and I'd be yeah. like why do I need a niche like can't I just be a good presenter like and I used to say Holly Willoughby's not got a niche has she but then I realized she does actually like she's family woman like, like everyone actually family woman. like you know <laughs> she's she did she, celeb juice as well right? that's true that's true but I think everyone does have a niche but I think we overthink it and I and I basically just thought oh there's nothing special about me I don't like play a sport or and I had a bit of an existential crisis for a few years where I tried to like have tennis lessons and learn the piano and I did not oh, wow. give give the slightest shit about either of those hobbies and I gave them up um, and it was because I was thinking like I guess trying to like five myself and then I realized like yeah. no you like actually you can just be yourself you can just be into what you're into um and mm. I think because the job is so vulnerable when you're like a freelancer and I think especially when you're a freelance presenter because 
what you're judged on is so much more harsh. It's not just how you do your job. It's an array of all these other things that make you the right fit. It's so vulnerable that you're always thinking, shit, what's my plan B? What, What else can I do? And so I've always clung to other things. So for a while, because I trained as a journalist, I clung to news and I'd be like, news, I'm going to go into news, I'm going to go into news. And I think I did that as like a safety thing because I thought, oh, in news, you can have like a long career as a news presenter. But actually, I didn't want to do news anymore. I'd done kids TV for years and news scared me. <laughs> it's a bit too serious. Like I didn't want to do that anymore. So in the end, I kind of gave that up. And I guess now me like training to be a counsellor, it's like I feel like I've always got to have another thing because, do you know what I mean? I need a backup plan. But I don't think as, as a presenter, it has been detrimental to do all these different things. But what I would say is I think people do want to put you in a bit of a box. And it was only when I went, mental health's my thing, that everything started to go well and lots of jobs started to come in. And I started doing the surgery on Radio 1, which Hardy worked on. That's so funny, isn't it? I know, I love it. And, um, And when I started doing the surgery, that's when like more mental health stuff started coming in and I did my book and kind of everything I do now is in that realm of Mm. mental health and well-being. And people do kind of want to put you in a box. And I think people say like Stacey Dooley wants to do entertainment and people like struggle to see her in an entertainment format, like on like the Mm. glow up or whatever. People are like, oh, no, I want you to be a documentary. So I think people do want to put you in a box. And I think you can do so many different things, but it almost does feel like there's got to be a link. There's got to be a theme to it. Yeah. So for mine, I'm mm. like, it's mental health. So it makes sense for my brand. I mean, I hate saying that. But oh, that, my it, God. I yeah. mean, that is... Just, Me and Raj talk about it, But it a sort lot of brands. makes sense to that I'm trained to be a counsellor as well. But yeah, it's just a big head fuck, isn't it? It's just... It is. It's the worst it's job true. for your mental health. I sometimes think, why did somebody with vulnerable mental health go into this world? But so many of us did. Hence yeah. why. But I think we're so creative and that's where we're... Yeah. That's where we're meant to go. You just mentioned there that you are a trainee counsellor. And it's really interesting that you've come to us this week because we actually wanted some advice. (laughs) (laughs) So um, last week I revealed that I, with people that I love and I care about, sometimes I get them to imagine a scenario, a burning bridge scenario (laughs) where I'm on one side and something that they really love is on the other. For example, my mum's in the middle, her best friend's on one side, I'm on the other side. Or this dude that I'm sort of seeing I'm on one side and his pet cat is on the other side like (laughs) what does this mean um I don't know I mean it's funny like (laughs) other than I'm insecure I mean that's probably not for my my field of counseling so it's it's interesting there's so many different types of counselors and weirdly I'm trained to be a person-centered counselor and we're not allowed to give advice. It's so weird. And it's the hardest thing. Like you have to use like particular skills to get people to open up and like think about ultimately what they want and get their own answers. Oh my God, do it to Hardeep. Do it to Hardeep. Do it to Hardeep now. (laughs) I need to know. Well, that's another thing. We're not supposed to, you're not supposed to like counsel anyone you know, because obviously (laughs) you can't. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you know what? That is the kind of thing that like a psychodynamic counselor would have a field day with like, like Freud type shit. A psychodynamic. Um, yeah. We can look up a psychodynamic right, right, counselor. Right. Look it up. Katie. But I, I mean, right. I don't know what it means, but I, I mean, if I had to just say like, just me, be, just me as me giving advice, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say it means maybe you place a lot of worth on being somebody's everything and you you really care about loyalty. Like, uh, do you know what? I get it, Hardy. <laughs> I get it because here's, here's like a psychodynamic council would have a field day with my dreams and they love dreams. Like people in in, uh, in psychoanalysis love dreams. 
my recurring dream all the time and it, it's different but it's the same theme is that everybody in my in my family has turned on me and hates me like I've done something and everyone's turned against me and sometimes it's my family sometimes it's my friends sometimes it's my colleagues but mostly it's my family and it's like something's happened and they all hate me and I wake up like <gasps> I had the dream that everyone hates me again and my boyfriend will go everyone loves you it's fine and I'm like okay I have it a lot with my mom and my sister and I'm always like do I have mom and sister issues like I have it a lot that I've let them down and we never argue we never fall out there's there's never a time I have let everybody down but it's obviously like my biggest fear so maybe your biggest fear is just not having that dependence are you an only child no I'm not I've got a brother (laughs) but I do yeah Rajas I do have in the past got into quite codependent relationships uh, but the thing is I want to be everyone's number one but I don't want anyone to be my number one and it's because I don't want to rely on someone so much and then that's it. They're fucking gone and then I'm fucked. But I still, I don't want them to well, that rely makes on sense. me. That makes total sense because you want, you want, you want to have that control. You want that person to be like, you're the, you're the one that they'll always save, but God forbid they left you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I totally get <laughs> it. Be fucked. Be <laughs> <fucked>. <laughs> I'm not an only child, but weirdly I, I grew up like one because my sister's 18 years older than me and my brother's 16 years older than me. So they both like left home. You know, my, my sister could be my mum mm. essentially, you know, so that's why her kids I'm really close to and they're closer in age to me they're in their 20s but for that reason I think I get I grew up a bit like an only child I think it's why I'm not competitive at all because I'm like the least competitive person and also I think I sometimes growing up was jealous that people had like a sister that they or a brother that was their age I think like I've always been like who's my person in the family because I'm like somewhere in the middle in ages like my nieces have got each other my sister and my mum have got each other and if they heard this they'd be like don't be ridiculous we all love you and you're my person but I think I've always felt like you see these really obvious dynamics and I, I didn't have an obvious one in my family that was like my person so I think I I'm a lot like that as well. And I think that's why I get, I'm a bit needy and I get really bad FOMO. Like even just seeing my like family hangout and I'm not there. I have the worst FOMO. I'm like, how dare they? (laughs) My mom, oh, she went to my nan's house this weekend. I've not seen my nan in nearly, well, coming up to a year almost. And mum was on the way there and I rang and she answered the phone and obviously I knew she was going. I could tell she was in the car, Bluetooth speaker. And I was like, yeah, I know where you're going. And then my brother piped up and I was like, what the fuck are you doing in the... Then I was like, there's a whole party, you're not there. And I went and sat on the sofa in my kitchen and I was really sad. So I'm the same, I'm the same. And then my best mate, weirdly, like we met at CBBC, we're both presenting at CBBC and she is exactly the same. And it's been so great meeting her for that reason because she's the same as me, got older sisters and sometimes wonders like where her place is in her family. And for the same reason, we have all these weird things like she said, some of her friends will just like get naked in front of each other all the time. And she never had that. And we were saying, I think maybe that's the thing of having siblings your age. Mm. And I'm really uncomfortable with play fighting. So I remember I went to Ibiza with my nieces a couple of years ago and we're in the pool. We're just having a good time. And then they just started play fighting and I don't know how to deal with it. I'm so uncomfortable with that because I never play fought with siblings. Mm. So I'm like, what are you doing? I don't understand the dynamic of this. And it's because I didn't have siblings my age. So no one wrestled me. (laughs) So I don't get it. I'm like, why are you wrestling? And then I feel a bit jealous. Like why are they wrestling? wrestling each other and they're not wrestling me but I don't I don't want to be wrestled but also I'm jealous that they have that dynamic 
Uh, we'll wrestle you if you want. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> no, I, I'd be very uncomfortable with it. I don't want to do Roger, it. Have you ever thing. fought that? Have you no, ever fought? it's weird because um, I used to play fight with my dad. So I feel like my parents, the way they raised me, they made me not really feel like I was lacking anything. So I guess it's really mm. weird. But I guess they took on that role of sibling, friend, slash whatever like I knew my mum was a strict girl my dad was like my mate you know everyone always talks about oh yeah only child syndrome I've never really understood it because I'm like I don't have it mm. I don't think I do but maybe there are things in the way that I am that are typical only child but then I look at people like Justin Timberlake or Kanye and I'm like I am quite Kanye like I do think I'm the best it's Kanye an only child yeah I have like god syndrome maybe <laughs> it does fascinate me though how all the like everyone's situation's so different like whether you're the older sibling, the younger sibling, like uh, what age your parents were when they had you, like it, it has such an effect on us without us realising. And yeah, I always think my situation is quite unusual having my parents have me later on. I think there was a spell of time where I was a teenager. The little kids were kids. The adults were proper adults. And I was like on holidays with them and stuff thinking, like I'm on my own mm, here. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And and so I think that's maybe what's what's done it a bit. And then I see like people having like a play fight with their sister, and I think, oh, I don't like. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want anyone to start playing fighting with you. I fine. was an idiot. I used to go and hang around with the adults and think I was better than everyone because I could have conversations <laughs> with the adults. And I was like, I'm going to sit with the grown ups. Like, you know, we'd go to like, yeah, I was probably a bit like, like that. I'll actually. be like, yeah, I'm not sitting with the kids now. I'm going with the grown ups. Like, and yeah, oh. I think I was a bit like that. And then it switched <laughs> when I actually then became an adult. And then I was with the kids all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm at the kids' table now. Like, is it like when you're young, you just want to be older. And then when you're older you just want to be younger it's just classic thank you next we are asking you one thing that has gone down this week that you want to say thank you next to and what is that i want to say thank you next to instagram filters that completely change your face the instagram story filters and just the fact that i can't remember the last time i've seen any of my friends faces their actual real faces i know it's making i'm worried i'm worried about it i see those filters and it's like they make your nose like really oh it's so bad and they give that you this little tip and they give you like a highlight on your nose and then your lips are bigger yeah. everything looks very feline cat eye yeah very feline yes extremely feline yeah and it literally changed the whole shape of my nose and i was like i don't mind if you do like the eye and then the rest of my face is the same yeah but you're literally changing my whole face. Exactly. What about the ones that just make you a bit white and then rosy cheeks to make you look like awake or whatever? Yes. Yeah, so kind of when they're like just a bit blurred. So I will use them if I've got no makeup on and I'm putting something on. Like the ones that maybe just make you look a bit tanned or they just blur the skin a bit, I guess. So, you know, yeah, like yeah. that I'm sort mm. of fine with. But it's like you say, Raj, it's the ones that completely change your face. And half of them, like it doesn't say that it changes your face. It's just like called something you know california cute face beauty face and then and you're not even realizing it how much it's changing your face but like you say it's giving everyone that doe eyes tiny little like button nose big plump lips like sort of baby porn star look yeah yeah. i fucking i fucking hate them and i've been saying for ages that i fucking hate these instagram filters because i think they're really irresponsible in the fact that obviously now it tells you oh yeah so-and-so's using this filter but there's loads of people who use the filter, save a photo, and then they'll upload that photo as a photo. And then you don't know, actually, this isn't even their real face. And everyone just looks the fucking same. They do. It's so and it's so dangerous for the person using it as well. Because then, like, so many of my friends have said, like, how am I supposed to like my face? Now I've seen it with this filter. But, like, that's not real. That's, like... And so many of my friends, I- I've noticed recently, use them constantly for every single photo. And e- even mm. the photos that they're saving and then putting on the grid... 
And I think, and it's so dangerous to them because they're going to just hate their real life faces. And I'm like, oh, please, can we just have some reality? Like, yeah, I I don't know if it's filters or maybe us recording this podcast, but I have noticed more in the last year, maybe it's time with lockdown, like the symmetry of my face and which side does this. And I I never had the time to think of that before. You know, like Raj did my makeup and then my friend was talking about the shape of my eyes and shit like that. What the, like I never thought about that before. It's like that whole mean girl scene, isn't it? Where she's like, I thought you could just be fat or skinny. And they're all like, my pores are huge and stuff. And like, yeah, pores. I'd never, (laughs) I'd never thought about my pores until a friend who was a makeup artist was like, oh, my pores, blackheads. And I was like, I don't really have any blackheads. She was like, I bet you do. And then she showed me and I did. Um, but I'd never thought about pores at all. Like, like a skin texture. It's just normal to have skin texture. It's not supposed yeah. to be completely smooth. It's normal to see pores. And that's what really scares me is that I think like when I was growing up, I went to an old girls school. Everybody wanted a boob job. You know, that was the thing. And everyone wanted to be skinny and everyone wanted to have big boobs because it was like that page three girl time. Like that was the, oh there's always God, a, yeah. every decade has its desired look, don't they? Now it'd be Kardashians. And then it was like mm, Lucy mm. Pinder or somebody on the front of, um, on page three. Yeah. Um, so everyone wants to be skinny, have big boobs. And I kind of think some stuff makes sense. Like, okay, you want big boobs. You want to be slimmer, da, da, da. But now it's like the little tiny details of your body and face that I can't like. So everyone, my friend the other day sent me a video. She was like, I need Mm. this. And I was like, no, you fucking don't need this. And I went mad at her. And it was the thing where they suck out your double chin fat. And then then they put that stuff there that gives you the heart shaped jawline. I had no idea there was anything wrong with anyone's jawline. Like I, like you hear people talk about like men having a strong, strong jaw. I have never thought about a woman's jawline ever. Like obviously we think about double chins, but I have never thought that it was more attractive to have, have your jaw come out there at the sides in, in a heart shape. I've definitely noticed that more in the last year or thought about it more in the last year than I have any time. Yeah, but only because I've mm. seen everybody having these procedures done. Yeah. The time I noticed it was working in reality TV. Wow. And it's just like, because so many girls have it. And even in like my office at ITV, so many girls would talk about it in the office. Yeah. And it because I went from working in radio where no one talked about yeah. this shit no to TV where everyone was like, oh, I'm having my lips done this weekend. I'm having this done and I'm having that done. And they called it the Kylie Jenner. Yeah. And it was when they would do their jaw and they would do their cheeks. And I think they did something else to their eyebrows or something. I don't know. But yeah, there were so many things. I found out you can have filler to make your nose look different. Mm. I didn't even realize you could do these things. But yeah, work, going to work in TV and like, seeing just even how people who worked in tv who aren't on screen were talking about things it's crazy because that's all they see and even when we were running itvb's like social account like you would just see everyone posting about their procedures and their estheticians i don't know what the fuck they're called and you just look at them and you'd be like oh wow this is all the stuff these guys are having done i didn't even know about like veneers Mm. or you know that everyone has their teeth done now a little shave down points yeah yeah mad it's just mad. It's scary because you don't know about these things and you hear about them and then you do instantly think, oh, right, is that something I need then? That's not something that I'd ever thought about or considered before. It's terrifying. And I, I always think, I mean, you are so a reflection of all the people around you and you absorb what's around you. And I watch Towie and stuff and I feel sorry for the girls on that. And I think if you just had a different set of friends, <laughs> like you probably wouldn't feel like you had to do all this to your face. And this, this, right, this, this happened to me because like, I saw some pictures. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On my Facebook time hop of a couple of friends who I'm still really good friends with now, but at a time when we hung out together a bit more and we went on holiday together to Spain and I saw myself on these pictures and I had no eye makeup on, just like mascara. Uh, do my makeup I'd shove my hair up in a ridiculous scruffy bun I had a dress on I'd put like a brown cardigan over it and I just looked a mess and we were laughing on these pictures having the best time and I looked back at the me then and I thought I was different then about I've always been insecure about how I looked but my standards were lower but I was happy and and it's because I was actually those friends that I was with on that holiday aren't very image-based or worried about how they look. They would n- never have surgery and stuff. So I was with a crowd where it's like, you can look however the hell you want. And also I wasn't in that world of TV and radio and everything. And I was quite unaffected by it um, in the grand scheme of things. You know, I was still quite insecure at the time, but in the grand scheme of things, I had no idea like what was to come. And, and actually, if you're spending time with friends who are all very pro-surgery and that's fine you know lots of my friends have had Botox and boob jobs and things like that and that's fine but if you're constantly with a group Mm. that will just always talk about procedures and talk about how important that is you it's you're going to start absorbing it so I think if in an extreme case you're a Kardashian or you're on TOWIE or of course or Love Island of course you're going to end up like I was thinking the other day one of my friends is having Botox there's like three of us She's a few years older than me and she has Botox. The other friend is seven years younger than me. And I thought, fucking hell, in a few years, one's got Botox, the other one's seven years younger than me. I'm going to look so old. And it made me think, like, if all of our friends got Botox, we'd look like the old one. So we'd be like, shit, I better get some work done. So that's how it works. It's quite scary. Like, when I've seen them on reality shows having it, like, the injections and then the little blood pops out and da, da, da. you're just kind of like I don't want that I was scared of the vaccine enough I don't need to be scared of like some dude coming at me with like syringes in my face yeah I think it's scary and it's like Chloe Kardashian like the best Kardashian like she's my favorite one same but when that video came out of her whatever she was promoting and her face, I was like oh her character's gone like now it's probably worn off a little bit but I think that's what it does it takes away your personality have you seen those tiktoks where it's like a girl with a bb alley in eating her dinner and it's basically like they're doing everything so gently and i think it's like when people have massive like sort of cardi b and chloe kardashian nails as well you have to do everything so delicately it changes who you are like so i think when you've had all that yeah. work done and you feel delicate like you feel like you can't move properly because you're so plumped with fillers like you've got to move a certain way it just changes the who they are so katie what are you saying thank you next to i am saying thank you next to instagram story filters that completely change your face let us know if you love them or if you don't hit us up at thank you next pod on socials and hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com all right let's move on to our lessons lesson one the one taught me don't settle for friends 
or partners. So this is just going to be don't yeah. don't settle, but like I mean, don't settle. That can apply to friendships as well and romantic partners. Mm. I mean, we discussed our star signs at the start, didn't we, Raj? And loyalty. And I have always been so loyal but to a fault like to the point I think where I have stayed in friendships and relationships for far too long because I thought Mm -hmm. I didn't have the right to leave them I thought once someone's in your life that's it you've got to be their friend you've got to be their girlfriend like it's and now it's madness to me you know I was in a relationship for nearly 10 years from being 16 years old to being like yeah 25 and that relationship should have ended a long time sooner, you know, should have ended off the first week, (laughs) went on for a very long time. And that's not to say I regret everything in it. Obviously, I loved him. Obviously, we grew to love each other. Obviously, we had really happy times. But it was my loyalty that kept me in that in that relationship. And similarly with friendships, like friendships that have no longer served me, friendships where I've actually found that I go and see those people and I come away and I'm really drained, or Mm. we don't have anything in common. Or they make me feel really bad about myself. And I've stayed in that because it was as if no one told me I had an option. No one, no one, no one taught me, or if they did, I didn't listen. No one says to us when we're kids, like, you have a choice. And now I'm so, I mean, when I left my boyfriend eventually, I became the worst person for friends who were in iffy relationships because I'd be like leave him dump him get rid like I was so enough it needs to be said though people don't say it enough we get scared I've got mates who should leave people oh yeah I try and like perpet it perpet the information into their brain but they're not listening no but now I'm in a relationship where genuinely we don't argue and people go everybody argues and I think do they because we don't and we never shout at each other and you can be in a relationship where you don't have that you can be in a really good relationship so so now, as soon as I hear anyone having any kind of doubt, I do think, get rid, just get rid. Um, and I might be wrong in that, you know, because you do hear stories of people who split up and they get back together and then they get married and they have a happy life, da, da, da. But I just think that a lot of the time we think we owe people something. And I say this to my friends now, like when they're in these relationships and they think, oh, no, I can't leave him because he loves me. I'm like, just because a boy showed an interest in you, you don't mm. owe him the rest of your life. And I think that's yeah. genuinely what I thought. I thought my ex-boyfriend who I met at work who fancied me and chatted me up, I thought because he showed an interest in me, I owed him the rest of my life, even though I wasn't happy, which is madness. And even when I split up with him, you know, some of our friends who were mutual friends who really felt sorry for him because I'd done the ending. um, I remember one day going for lunch with one of my friends and she said to me, oh, he's, he's really not happy he's really in a bad way. Like, I feel really sorry for him. And I just snapped her because I was sick of it. And I went, I wasn't happy. And she was a bit like, it was like it hadn't even occurred to her that I wasn't happy. Like they thought I'd just left him for the fun of it to be a bitch. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a really brave thing to do. Yeah, how could it's and it's the hardest thing to do. I prayed. I was like, I hope he just cheats on me, or like, I hope he does oh something wrong. Like, I used to think, I hope he cheats on me, so I have a reason to leave him. Because it's so hard to end a relationship with somebody you love purely because it's not right anymore and it's not who you want to spend the rest of your life with. It is like the guilt was with me for years. Mm. I had nightmares for years about him. Like the guilt absolutely ate me up. Um, and now I look back and I think, I can't believe you guilt tripped yourself so much. You don't owe anyone. The the rest of your life and I I say that to my friends all the time now like oh my god it's not like there's two sides to this there's two people it's your whole life it's just wild to me now that I ever thought I had to show loyalty to people yeah I think when I first met you and was working with you I was going through a breakup yeah. of a long-term relationship and uh, the guilt I think has only just recently subsided it and it's years. been over three years yeah I remember listening to a video last week and it was like 
you're freeing yourself from the relationship, but you're also freeing the other person to go do what they're meant to be doing or freeing them to be with someone else who loves them or whatever. And at the time, that person doesn't see it. And obviously they're not going to see it. They're just going to think you're an arsehole. But actually you're you're freeing both of you to go live life and enjoy life. And exactly. that's actually a loving thing to do. Because they deserve to be with someone who loves them. They Why would they, you know, I think my ex-boyfriend, like, and I'm sure he doesn't feel this way now, but I think at the time he would have happily had me stay with him and be lay there next to him completely miserable. Why, why would anyone want that? But I guess in those moments we do because that person is our comfort and that person is all we know and we we want that security of that relationship. But actually, you know, years down the line, when you think about that, no one deserves to have someone with them who doesn't want to be with them. We you know, and I think about it at times, I just wasn't very nice to him for that reason. I'd snap at him and I'd, you know, because we weren't right for each other. We were on completely different paths in life and we had completely different outlooks on things and it just was not ever going to work. Um, and it's just, it's mad to me now. I can't believe that I ever was that person and when we said earlier on about that independence trait I think I am a bit independent but then also yeah I'm needy like I I feel like I need this security of people in my life and that I, is I, a Taurus yeah. that's the typical yeah Taurus. yeah um, but, but I, I was gonna say what was the thing because obviously you must have been thinking about it for such a long time if there was a massive build-up so what made you finally break up I, I don't know. I, I I turned 25 and I, lol, used to always say, I'll get married when I'm 25. Oh my which God. Which is hilarious. I'll have my first child at 26, like you do oh when you're a stupid oh wow. teenager. And I remember thinking, oh my God, like we live together. We've got a mortgage together. Like we've been together eight years. Like that is what's next. And I remember thinking that's that's not the rest of my life. That, that this isn't that we're not meant to spend the rest of our lives together. I just know that we're not. This isn't the future I want. And so it coincided with that. I think I'd just got to an age where I had the confidence to leave him as well. Mm, um, yeah. I, I just had become more confident and independent. And we'd grown apart more, you know, and actually we were getting on really well. It was, wasn't like that was the worst point in our relationship. God, there were times when we screamed at each other and were horrible to each other. And actually that was a point in our, our, our relationship where it was calm and fine. And we got on and we were best friends. But I think I gained the confidence to go, no, this is what I want out of life. And I can't, again, I can't believe at the time I was made to feel so guilty by so many people around me. I was 20 fucking five. We've been together since we were 16. Of course, I was a different person. Let you live, mate. Uh, we, Get some exactly. variation of D out there and whatnot. <laughs> exactly. What I mean. We were different people. <laughs> we met when we were, we were fresh out. You know what I mean? Like babies, babies. So now I just think, hilarious I would never let any of my friends or future children or anything ever feel like guilty for ending a relationship you 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 never ever should like you are well within your rights to do whatever the hell you want leave a job leave a friendship leave a toxic family member even I mean that's the that's the main thing that I think you're always there's a loyalty there there's a loyalty by blood with a family there's no loyalty of that with friends and and um and boyfriends it's it's conditional you need to get something from each other you need to make each other enrich each other's lives because if you're doing the opposite no get rid life is too fucking short before we wrap up like what advice would you give our listeners to allow them to identify like what are the identifiers of settling having i mean i would regularly have those moments and this is the same with some of the friendships as well that i'm, I'm now not in like I would regularly have those moments of thinking, oh, this doesn't serve me. And then I would distract myself with other stuff. So in a bit, a bit like me turning 25 and feel like I had the confidence, I also maybe stopped distracting myself. I, I distracted myself so much with friends because in those, those years, 16 to 25, 
you're going out all the time. Like me and my ex-boyfriend had friends around our house all the time. It was a party house. Mm. We were never just together on our own, hardly. Um, and I distracted myself with my career because that's so fast paced and, and moving at such a fast rate throughout those years as well. So I think if you are finding that you're having to distract yourself and find find other ways of, of serving your happiness, you know, through your work, through your socializing, through drinking. Like, God, so many couples mm. that just bloody drink together so much. And I think, do you like your own, each other's company when you're sober? Because that you need to like each other sober. Um, you know, things like that. Are you distracting yourself from from actually facing also up to the Also biting fact that... your tongue. Are you actually not saying mm. what you really think? Are you swallowing things? Because I feel like yeah. I would do that a lot with previous friendships and I would just swallow things. And now that I have boundaries, I still have those friends in my life, but I've set boundaries with them. Yes. And now it's just like, I blurt stuff out. And I think they're just like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the new me. Bitches. Yeah, but you change, you change, don't you? Like, yeah. like you are, are the friends that you have when you're like in school, for example, you're friends with because of geography. You live in the same postcode, um, mm-hmm. and then actually think so. A lot of people's friends, like a lot of your close friendships, end up being people that maybe you meet in the workplace because you're likely to be more like-minded. And a lot of people meet mm. their other halves in the workplace as well for that reason. You're like-minded. You spend a lot of time. Oh, yeah, not me. Not you. <laughs> maybe one for you. Mm? <laughs> no, not me. Never me. Uh, is this guy you're seeing in your workplace? Nah, I don't know. What you- no, 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 no. <laughs> well, my fiance, we met at work, so as you know, all my, all everyone, I've pretty much been with has come from my workplace. Even my ex. Same. Yeah, because we met in Matalan when we were 17. <laughs> yeah, cute. Yeah, me and my ex-boyfriend yeah. met in Argos when I was 16. So yes, that's, nice. the way, that's where you got to be, nice. mate. Nice. That's where nice. you got to be. So, Katie, what are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to settling. Yeah, baby. In a bit, in a bit. Not for me. No, thank no, you. No, not for me, not for you. Next. We're going to get on to your second lesson. So one taught me. Trust your instincts and red flags. What is a red flag? Yeah, red flag is so a thing that everyone loves to say now, don't they? But essentially, it's just it's a warning, isn't it? It's holding up that little red flag. It's something that early doors you think, whoa, mm-hmm. that's not right. You know, I, I, I'm i never really very like this. I'm actually quite cynical about like soulmates and first impressions and da-da-da-da. Because I, I think human beings are a lot more complicated than that. But actually, I have changed my mind on the instincts. I think you can trust your instincts a lot. Um, and that comes with, yeah, again, romantic relationships and also friends when I think back to sort of previous relationships definitely you know I knew within the first date that there were things there that were not did not align with my values or like what I guess just completely different thoughts around families and living your life and yeah I don't know it's hard without just completely bad mouthing someone isn't it but (laughs) okay okay I'll give you one that I can think of now like looking back I feel like there's little things that you you know you just make allowances for when you're in a relationship with Mm. someone because you think they're a good person otherwise but not being a homophobe but making homophobic comments it was really strange and I was just like why would you do that and also like um so you know we're brown so sometimes people use the word packy and I'm really uncomfortable around that when someone who's brown uses the word packy not to describe themselves but another brown person of a different religion and I'm just like mm. that is just a yeah. little just so anyone that does that terms. like and I, I you know what my ex used to do it and I'll just be like 
it's okay. He doesn't mean it. But I would be like, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? But then yeah, he would still yeah. do it. So I'm just like, mm. but yeah. But I no, think it's, it's things like that that completely show you whether someone is your type of person or not. And it, you almost can't describe it. I think you almost couldn't explain to that person what's wrong with them <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's their way of being and you've got your way of being. And I honestly think like, it's so unspeakable, but there are just these little things where you just know straight away if someone is your type of person or not, because they've maybe said something like that, that you're like, oh, I would never say that. That's not my way of being. Um, mm. And I think there's, there's so much of that. And I, um, you know, with a lot of friends relationships, I have, you know, either loved their boyfriends, first of all, or I've not liked them. And I always stay out of it. I'm never that friend that um, really? Yeah, completely. I completely stay out of it. I think you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And also, I think you can push friends away if you don't like their partner and you say, yeah. you can push them away, and then that could be the worst thing. You want them to feel like they can come to you and tell you everything. Um, so I, I never with friends do I really, you know, I'll give them advice, but I, I don't get involved with their relationships. Um, but so many times I've seen those red flags early doors, and it's turned out they've been an absolute horror. Um, and it's just, and every time it happens, I go, trust your instincts trust your instincts it's like like what it, like what 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 did you see i think a lot of jealousy things there's a lot mm. a lot of people i don't want to say just a lot of men but we have done something to fail our men and make them this way i mean Tawi will teach you know you I, i'm assuming you watch it raj because i've you watch missed all the reality this season then. well yeah well to, to us not much not that much this season anyway because i think i think all the reality tv shows are a bit smarter now with showing uh potential uh, controlling relationship oh, yeah God. i think i think they've realized that some of this stuff is actually you know a crime and they should be careful not yeah. to not to show okay. it um but like certainly in previous series you've seen a lot of that with with the men kind of that um you know well i can go out and do what i want but you can't mentality yeah right but yeah. i'm so jealous because you're talking to another man but i can go and cheat on you you know yeah. that's sort of, um and that that's what pisses me off about made in chelsea all the girls have been cheated on the guys have yeah. never been cheated on ever oh stop that's uh, fucking uh, has someone cheated i'm sure someone has cheated on some dudes but the ratio is off the ratio is off definitely the, yeah. the men cheat and the girls the time. are still like yeah, the girls are still like literally on their knees, like begging, oh, like, please no. pick, me, pick me, pick me. And it's like, get lost. Oh, it's awful. And I think like it's so rife in relationships, like past relationships I've been in, can't believe how, what I thought was acceptable in terms of um, sort of being overprotective, being controlling, being jealous, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's so normalized, so, so, so completely normalized. And in so many of relationships that my friends have had as well, behaviors, you know, getting jealous about things, getting really angry, getting angry about what they're wearing, getting angry about them talking to males that they work with, who they have to talk to because it is their job. And obviously we know that jealousy and that insecurity only ever comes from your, from, from you. It's you that needs help with it. And therefore you can get better at it, but nine times out of ten for what i've seen these these relationships where the guys are really jealous and still fairly on it is not good that is a big red flag actually jealousy getting jealous for no reason yeah and my partner now is the least jealous person in the world like i don't know how his parents what they did to bring him up so well to not have find any of out this in him yeah i'd love <laughs> yeah, to find out i know i would love to know i'll have to ask his mom i don't know what went right there because i've never met a guy who was like that you know, I, I've, which is sad, but he's probably the, one of the only men that I've met that is not at all jealous and overprotective and shows none of those toxic traits that you just see all the time. What about red flags in relationship, uh, friendships? Have you seen any or in the workplace? 
I saw a TikTok the other day actually about like green flags in relationships. In fact, I saw it because my best mate sent yeah, it yeah, me yeah. and she was like, it's us. <laughs> um, what would be a red flag in a friendship? Hmm, let me think. I got one, I got one. The same jealousy thing, yeah? It's like a friend that can't celebrate your wins. Yes. But they want you to celebrate their wins. Then that I always find that quite strange. I'm like, hmm. How about, I mean, I say this because we I love a gossip and I love a bitch. So I like <laughs> there is there's there's a line, but a friend who does nothing but bitch about other yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That because you know they're bitching about you as well. Yeah, you know and that's happening to you as well. Not. Like, yeah, and I think it's very you're very silly if you think they're not bitching about you. Exactly. I mean, we all like we all whinge about people. We need to like it's important sometimes to like have a little talk and a little bitch because it's natural. We have to like our closest friends and family and stuff annoy us, and sometimes you've got to get that stuff off your chest and you've got to talk about it sometimes with other friends too figure out how you feel about it and obviously you all have you know there's that thing of you know friendships are built on mutual hatred of the same people and you all have those people that you hate and it just it does bond you together because it goes yeah. oh no we're the same we're the same type of person we hate that type of person we're this kind of person and um, but yeah those friends that will just incessantly bitch really nastily about other friends and it's friends that they are then lovely to to their faces oh you're my like God, yes oh hang on a minute yeah yeah I'm so glad you said that because I feel like I'm the only person that knows these people but you know them too 100 percent. yeah god damn it yeah especially in our industry god <laughs> yeah who you love on instagram is a different thing to who you actually love like in real life and then you're posting Ooh, them on your shade. stories and you're like <laughs> oh what? hate it hate <laughs> it the worst and how do they not feel like absolute knobs because i would just feel like such a dick and if i've been horrible about someone and then i was like oh my god i love you on yeah, instagram oh my god I actually had that problem in the last few weeks where I felt away about someone and then I came face to face with them and I was I just couldn't I I knew anything I did would be bad so I just well actually maybe I could have tried to be nice but I was I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to be nice same thing I think when my friends have had boyfriends and they've asked me what the, I think and I've been like oh yeah they're great like I think that I might as well go I hate them because they will know that if I loved them I'd be like oh my god I love him so much so I think if I'm not like that when I see you then that yeah. you know what I mean like then you know, yeah, they yeah. probably know yeah yeah so I find it really hard to be OTT nice to somebody that I really can't stand like I'd find that so difficult that is a red flag I'm glad you're not in them faking it. Yeah, and that is a red flag. That is a red flag. 100%. So what are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to not trusting your instincts. Thanks, but uh, next. So we're on lesson three, the final lesson. So one taught me. Acceptance is key. And this is acceptance of yourself mainly. I remember the day I sort of like read, I read a book. There's a book called Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. She wrote Wild, um which was that film that Reese Witherspoon was in. Yeah. And like, she's just the queen of acceptance, like every problem in that book. So it's basically a collection. It's the adult version of my book. So I did for kids what she did for adults. It's a collection of letters, problem letters from when she was in agony and, and it's all her responses to them. And she's the queen of acceptance. And, you know, some of the problems that people have in that book are just really awful but I remember like reading that and realizing that you can you don't always have to try and make something better you don't always have to try and change yourself or change the world like you can just accept 
that that's how it is. And I found that so helpful to myself. I found accepting a lot of these traits, like I'm sometimes introverted, I'm a people pleaser, and all the kind of things that comes with that, me buying everyone drinks when I felt like I had a few too many drinks. I love that. Me, yeah. yeah, me staying in relationships and friendships too long, like having an awareness of your negative traits as, as well as your positive ones, but accepting them is so freeing. And I, yeah, I just think, you know, whatever situation you're in, if you can't change it, can you accept it? Can you go, well, this is the way things are. It's not ideal, but actually I can still live a happy life. I can just accept that this is the way it is. And and I, sometimes that might contradict the, my first lesson, which was don't settle, because <laughs> I do think mm. it's important not to settle. But I think you know in your own instincts, in your own mind, like when actually you can't maybe change something and what's healthier for you is probably just to say, I accept this, I accept myself, I accept them, I accept the way things are. I got into a place before where... Um, some of my family members, I, I wasn't liking the way they were living and the person I was seeing at the time, I didn't like the way they were living. And it was like a constant state of juggling, trying to fix, trying to change. And I was just honestly just in such a shit way from that. And, you know, sometimes it creeps up again like with family members. I'm like, oh, I just, but if it was just a bit like this and if they just did this and it's kind of like, it's like tension and it's so unnecessary because if you just accept it, it's gone away. But accepting it sometimes is really hard. Mm. It's like, I don't know what it is when you're not, what's the opposite of accepting? But whatever that is, is not nice. I don't like it. When you're like fighting and there's like resistance, it's, that is so stressful. I really don't like it. Yeah, completely. And you can't, you know, with like what you say there, there's, there's only so much you can do. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink kind of thing. And 100%. again, something I've massively learned in the counseling course, like there's something called the seven stages of process, which is like all the different stages that people are at psychologically. And so there's certain stages where you're just not, counseling is just not going to ha- work for you. Like you're not ready for it. You're not ready to take it on. And you, you probably won't take yourself to counseling for that reason, you know? So sometimes... People just aren't in a place where they're ready to be helped. They need to get to that place themselves. I was actually going to say that acceptance thing as well. Like it's, I was having such a tough time last week because where I am in my career, right? I'm not where I should be. And obviously I see people who are younger than me, less experienced than me, et cetera, et cetera, doing way better than me and getting jobs that I feel like I should be getting and all of that. And I was just feeling really depressed about it. But what you just said is exactly how I felt later on in the week to be like, this is it. This is, I have to accept this situation. This is where, it at, where it's at. And maybe those jobs just weren't for me. And maybe those people are the best fit for that place. And I need to stop being this dickhead that's like, yeah, going to in your minute, you know? Um, and you, you just have to accept where it is. And I have to accept that, you know what? I wanted to do a project that was meaningful to me and I'm doing it now on my terms. And no one's saying, you can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. And had I gone into those jobs, people would be like, you can't talk about this. Why are you doing links about this? Why are you doing... So I have to weigh up the thing and be like, actually, this is this is what I wanted kind of in a way. And if things aren't working out in that area, like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna accept that and maybe it'll be elsewhere that I need to look or completely i mean oh you preach to the choir here like i have been there so many times with the career thing it's taken me a long time to get to a point where those rejections can wash over me now like um and it's so freeing when they can like it's it's taken me a long time to get to a point where i see on instagram someone's got a presenting job that i i would have loved and it to not 
punch me in the stomach it's to just go oh it's fine and I think when I was talking earlier about being like ambitious and everything like I used to want jobs that actually I didn't really want do you know what I mean so I'd get annoyed that I'd not got a job presenting something that actually I don't care about and I wouldn't have enjoyed because I just thought that's where I should be in life and that's where I should be I was doing but do you do you even want it? it I don't want it. Exactly. Want it. Half the time you don't even want it. I don't even want it. No, half the time you don't. And it's like, no, no I don't want to present, like someone would get a job for doing a sports show and I'd be like, oh, why have they got that? You did tennis one time. I did two tennis lessons once. I I don't know anything about that. I don't care about that. <laughs> um, and, and now I've just got to a point where I'm like, you know, I'm such a big lists person and I have like, I have a list in my phone of all the things that make me feel good. And I stole that from Matt Haig's book, His Reasons to Stay Alive. Like I read that book and he'd written a list of things that make him feel better and things that make him feel worse. And so it just clicked in my brain. I was like, oh, it's that simple. And I wrote a list of all the things that make me feel good. And, you know, I have a list of the things that I actually want to do in my career. And actually it's pretty much just carry on doing what you're doing now and enjoying your job and making That's enough amazing. money to live. Um, so now I'm like, if I'm doing that, I'm doing that and it's fine. I sometimes think, are our ambitions even our actual ambitions or are they just thoughts from around us that we have ad- yeah. adap- adopted? Because society and Instagram and everything has told us that we should be aiming for that. We should be doing this. One of the producers at Radio 1, who you guys will know, I'm sure, um, we text every time it's the Brits because a few years ago, we both had a meltdown about the fact that we weren't at the Brits. Okay. And I was so sad for like two years in a row because everyone I knew was at the Brits. Yeah. Every Radio 1 DJ was at the Brits and um, also were people who, in my opinion, did not need to be at the Brits. For example, loads of like reality stars. But of course, now these events are about brands and brands pay them to wear their clothes to the events and they buy them tickets. So actually, the Brits isn't full of the music industry anymore. It's full of like reality stars who will get a lot of likes on Instagram. And I remember seeing that. I mean, so frustrated about it. And like he was texting me this year when it was the Brits, this producer, and he was like, Do you remember when we gave a shit about the Brits? And I was like, I don't care now, and it's great. Yeah. Like, I literally don't care. Some, you know, some, when you're so zoomed in and you're like, oh, yeah, I really care about this. And then you think, oh, six months' time, you literally don't give a fuck. Also, I was at the Brits the last two years. Well, I've been there for the last, like, since I've been in London. But last year, I was there. The next day, I woke up crying in bed. So, honest, it's not. It's not a thing. Oh, wow. It is not even that good. It really is not. No. Whenever I've been at those things, it's not. And actually, I went to like the Telly Baftas once, and that just made me feel shit about myself because I, I looked around at all these people that were just so glamorous and amazing, and I felt like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? Actually, sometimes those things can just make you feel worse. I just had like big imposter syndrome at it. I felt shit. I was on the red carpet dressed in black, head to toe, because when you work in production, that's what you have to you do. Have to yeah. wear black, One yeah. side, I had Yasmin Evans. She was wearing a fucking beautiful dress. Next to me, I had <laughs> Munya, Munya Chihuahua in this suit, head to toe fucking dapper and i i felt like fucking shit honestly woke up the next day crying crying oh oh, oh and it just makes that actually has no impact on our actual careers and lives and happiness do you know you just said to zoom out and it reminded me of an amazing piece of 
advice I was told once um, on the podcast. It was a guy that we had on who talks about um, productivity at work and like get, letting things get on top of you. And I just thought this was the most amazing piece of advice, not to just apply for work, but apply to life. This is when I'm having one of those, what's the meaning of life existential crises? He said, imagine yourself on Google Earth. Yeah. And you zoomed man. out yeah. and you're there at your chair and then you zoom out and then that's your office for people. And then you zoom out and there's a town and there's a city and there's a country and then there's the world. Oh my God, it's so fucking huge. And we're so insignificant. And what actually makes me feel better is remembering how insignificant I am. For years, I thought I needed to feel important and special. Now I'm like, no, I need to feel insignificant because that just reminds you that nothing else matters but your happiness in that moment and your friends and family and your life and your day. What does it matter when Beyonce dies? I mean, that'll be a rough day, but there'll be another Beyonce in a hundred years and no one will remember. And that's sad, but that's true. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, if you cure cancer or something, then that'd be pretty great. But most people like our impact is going to be quite small, but that's all right. Like, that's all right. And I, I I find it so freeing to think of that. You, like you can choose to be happy or you can choose to be affected by all of that shit. And it's like, I, I'm going to just mm-hmm. choose to be happy with what I've got going on. And that's cool. Like big up everyone else, but like, yeah. <laughs> it's just so much nicer. And everyone kind of said this to me about my thirties, that your thirties was better than your twenties for that reason. And I get it now. And I don't know, like when I'm advising young people, I'm like, can you get this at 24 or does, is it literally just time and age that teaches you these things? I don't know. I mean, my best mate is 25 and is a counselor and is, very emotionally intelligent and I think is already a lot further along with this stuff than I was um but yeah I think a lot of it comes with age doesn't it I feel like the amount of knowledge I've got like I just need to sit and think this honestly (laughs) chat has been so fucking good oh it's been so fun to chat to you both honestly we could sit here for about just hours and hours and chat so like we actually just need to do this socially at some point in real life yeah 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 Yeah. can we actually just go for bottomless brunch and talk about kardashians and all the stuff that i want to talk about yeah it's also raj you're the only other person i know in the world who cares as much about reality tv as i do i'm so worried for scott disick you have no idea (gasps) no courtney is gonna kill this guy what's he doing no she's just with travis barker and they're all all right i don't think he can handle it and then he keeps going to these younger women and doing all this yeah, crazy he needs shit. He needs to get <gasps> someone his age like she's done, like who understands his life. And he's, he's been a bit Leonardo DiCaprio with it, isn't he? Like, I actually love Courtney. I really like, I feel like I didn't appreciate Courtney enough, but I'm like, I really like it. And I've seen those clips, you know, when Scott's trying to say to her, like, I've been saying to you, like, what is this? What are we doing? Are we doing this? Are we in or are we out? And she's like, but Scott, I told you that you need to make these changes and <laughs> you've done nothing. I just love it. I'm just like, she's That's not even all bo- their relationship was, She's just I swear. not even bothered. She's just unbothered. She's like, but I've told you. And she's he's just, just like, but Courtney. She's, <sighs> she's been telling, she's been saying it. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And I, actually everything in me with all the love lessons we just talked about would be like, she should have cut him off a long time yeah. ago. But also I obviously, cause I've watched it, feel this sympathy for him and want them to be together. But also this was, was always a terrible relationship. There was yeah, no always. point in which that was a good relationship. So no. yeah, they, they should not be together. They've but done I think, really well to co-parent the way they have. Yeah, they have. That That's is commendable. Amazing. That's commendable the way that <laughs> they have looked after those kids. Cause those kids are gonna, there's enough going on in their lives to give them issues. So they need at least some good parental control. <laughs> Definitely. So Katie, what are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to not accepting 
yourself. Damn, girl. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been so fun. We've loved it. We've loved it. Uh, where can we ask when 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 the wedding is? October, yeah, end of October. Oh, an autumn bride. I know. I want an autumn bride. I mean, Ooh. I I be honest with you, the, my, that decision was made simply because I sweat a lot. Um, <laughs> so do I. That is when like, I'm in the rave. I'm like. Psh- can you imagine getting married in a massive dress on a day like I'm today? I'm sweating now. When, when you're a bit stressed anyway, and I sweat more when I'm stressed, you're yeah. stressed, you've had your hair and makeup done, you care yeah. about what, like, what? Why do people get married in summer? It's wild. Everyone, all the men are in suits. Yeah, 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 no, Have I'm you not. got your outfit sorted? No. I haven't oh my got God. my, so I'm booked in for the 22nd of June to go wedding dress shopping. Fucking hell, that's a big day. It's, this has been so fun. We definitely should get a drink at some point. No, we so actually should. Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely will. We will, we will, we will. Thank you for having me. Mwah. See you soon. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thank You Next. We want to shout out Katie Thistleton for dropping some Don. gems in this podcast episode lots of reading stuff for us to check out actually Mm. and we're also going to check out the seven stages of process because you know what you do often have those conversations with friends where they're like oh this is going on and you're like well have you considered counseling or have you considered therapy but if you actually look at this maybe you'll know whether they're ready for it or not yeah i think a lot of the time i try and suggest counseling to people because i think they might benefit from it Mm. Uh, some people are always at the same phase of no and i'm like okay (laughs) or you know what i always get people that say yeah yeah but i know they're not they don't care they don't want to do it and at least this way like it might help me understand okay actually they're not ready yet i might have said it before on the podcast but the best teachers to me are the people who give you a little like tiny little grain of information and then it's up to you then if you go and pursue it they're not the person that sits there and teaches you. No, no, no. You can be like, oh, have you read this book? Maybe you should read it. Yeah, that's it. End of. No more. Sometimes I'll go as far as buying them the book. Make sure you share this episode with someone who loves brunching. You gets do. a bit drunk on Prosecco. Maybe be sick on nights out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, someone who might need to zoom out and see that the world is bigger than just their problems. Because I had to fucking do that this week. Or someone who just needs to choose happiness, yo. Because we, we happiness. can all choose it. You show me, you show me. Only happiness. Sorry, my singing's awful. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode of the podcast. You can do that very, very easily, BT dubs, on Acast, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with more shit we want to say thank you next to. Let us know if anything in this episode resonated with you. If you disagree with something or maybe you really strongly agree and you want to tell us your version of events or if it happened to you, email us or leave us a voice note at hi, thank you, next podcast at gmail.com or you can slide into the DMs oh, where yeah. thank you next pod. We're off to try and not get burned outside right now. I did find SPF in my fridge yesterday, mm. but it's too late now because I've got heat rash. We be burning and concerning what nobody Can wanna I just say, say, does anyone tan evenly? Because my face is nah. one colour, my breasts are one colour, my arms are What's this, bro? five shades darker. You know what I mean? My, my, my legs are another... I'm just like a different person all over my body. It's annoying. Only if you go outside naked, but I'm not about to do that. I'm not going to give Next Door's builders a show. Nah, they don't deserve it. Are they there? They don't, they're always here doing something. Are any of them hot? You know, no, I like construction workers. No, they're just, you know... Fucking hell. Right, see you later, guys. Bye! Thanks, <laughs>
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.